Okay, let's get into Parsha Shlach, Tavshin Pebez. Uh, today's year is sponsored um, on the fourth yard site of Gedalia Ruvain Ben Mayer, uh, a pediatrician in New York who dedicated his life to caring for children for over 50 years, Dr. Gerald Begun, on his yard site, the Neshama, should have an Aliyah. Okay, let's get into Parsha Shlach. It's always very special to give a shear on Parsha Shlach in Eretz Yisrael, uh, trying to be Misaki in the Chait of the Meraglim and uh, doing what we can. We'll talk more about that on Shabbos, Be'ez Hashem. But tonight, uh, we will look at, th- look at it through the eyes of the Elah Advarim of Schlesinger, uh, who points out, as we know, that twice in history, Meraglim were sent out. Twice in history. One time it worked out, and one time it didn't work out. The Parsha didn't work out, the Haftorah worked out. Right, those are the, that's the difference. I think a number of years ago, we spoke about the Malbim in Sefer Yoshua, who uh, focuses on every single word in the uh, beginning of the uh, Haftorah, uh, how each one is a message. So we'll focus on one or two of those words uh, this year in the, in the uh, Elah Hadvar. In early times of uh, the Jewish uh, nation, uh, we had two situations and two tries to be Miragel and to send, you can't call them spies, Miraglim has a, is so much deeper and so much more meaning to the, uh, the word Miraglim, it's called the story of the spies, but it's, that's just according to one shita. Uh, but there were two times that people were sent to the land. Right, the first time is in this week's parsha, Ashlichos Ashnia Shashalech Yeshua, which is amazing that one of the first messengers was also the second me- in the second group, right? The two that uh, that took place in Yosefer Yoshua. With forty years in between. The first one was totally tragic. And Chazal say, we, you know, we cried. And that cry became an eternal cry. I shouldn't say eternal. For generations. There's going to be a time when Hashem will stop that cry. Uh, but a, gener- a, a cry for generations, which led ultimately to the Chorban Beis HaMikdash. The second Shlichus, that Shosholeh Chosam Yehoshua, he was the one that sent. He, he's, the, he's the connector between the, uh, the two. First he was the messenger, and the second time he was the sender. It's very successful. So many of the Mepharshim wonder, so, so what was the difference? What was the difference? Uh, why was the first one so terrible and unsuccessful, and the uh, second one was different? So explain the Mepharshim. It says in this week's parsha, Kulam, Anashim, Rashi, Vinay Yisrael, Hema, they were all people of stature. The second ones, in the text at least, they were anonymous. doesn't mention their names in the Psukim. Right, and Pinchas, those were the uh, the two, but it, they're not mentioned. And what is the word cheres? Maybe these two differences. Number one, what does cheres mean? And number two, the fact that they were named and not named, that already tells us, that already tells us and hints to the secret. Line 21. Chazal say in the Medrash, Al Tikre Cheresh El Cheres, Klomar, 
Asu atzvachem kecheres. The Pashtun was cheres. They disguised themselves as potters. People who carry klicheres. Cheres could also mean in silence, secretly. But cheres, with a samach, with a sin, it could, could uh, switch in Hebrew. Asu atzvachem kecheres. Kekadarim ochri klicheres. Like they sold earthenware vessels. Asu atzvachem keachara. Make yourself just like one of the... One of the regular, uh, not fancy people. And Hashem pshutim, simple people. Bilti chashuvim. Shafilu b'nei atzvam einim nechshavim. That was part of the secret. They weren't looking at themselves in a way that there was something valuable to their own status. Many of the ways, again, without getting into the commentaries we've discussed in the past years, many of the ways that the Mepharshim explain the tragic mistake of the Meraglim was that they focused on themselves somewhat. Maybe they thought that once they go into Eretz Yisrael, they wouldn't be Nesim anymore. Whatever, however the issue was, but they were named, they were Anashim Chashuvim. And the opposite were the nameless ones. But it's not just that they were anonymous, but Cheres. The Chedush Yerim has a beautiful idea related to why Cheres? Why Dafka those types of Kalim? Was that, was that just the most popular type of Kli in those days? You make it out of earthenware? We know there's a difference in halacha between how, th- between how something becomes tameh. Metal kalim, wooden kalim, any type of kli, if I touch it, it becomes tameh. If I touch it. It doesn't matter where on the kli I touch it. I can touch the outside, I can touch the inside. Wherever I touch the kli, it becomes tameh. If meaning if I was tameh and I touched it, or if a dead insect touched it, from the inside, from the outside, doesn't make a difference. As we know in earthenware kli, it's only mitameh. It only becomes tameh by something hanging inside of it. If you touch it from the outside, it does not become tameh. That's the halacha, only kli why? So that's the halacha. Why the Baalei Machshava and Baalei Torah Shavapeh explain? Because every other material, metal, wood, it has a value as a material. So even if you touch it from the outside, you're not using the kli, but you're still touching it. It still has value as a material. It could be sold. You could smelt it down and sell it as metal. You could cut it and sell it as lumber, if it's wood, if it's metal. And therefore, even touching it from the outside, it makes a tameh. So it's not only that it's a kli, but it's, it's, it has value itself. Ella... Just as a raw material has value. But a klicheres is made of dirt. It's made of clay. Its only value is in its usage. In that it has a receptacle. It has a clay kibble. That's what makes it valuable. And that's why the tumor reflects that it only becomes tummy from the inside. Because it has no inherent value, it's only based on its usage and on its purpose. You can put something in it. Moshe Rabbeinu, need, in the, the first time, by the Meraglim, he sent Kulam Anashim Rashi Bnei Yisrael Hema. What does Rashi say? Chashuvim Hayabososhah. They were chashiv, meaning 
they looked at themselves as inherently special and unique and maybe even different than everyone else. We're, we're, we are a Nisim. We are princes. And they felt that they were different than others. And that was part of what led to their downfall. Yeshua bin Nun, he sends them Cheres. Like a Kli Cheres. Because he knew these two people, they recognized that their value is in their Tafkid. Their value is what they're doing and not who they are. Yes, who they are, we're all Tzalem Elohim, and we have that special, obviously, uh, spark. But in terms of this job, Moshe's giving us a tachlis to do, that's, that's what makes us valuable. Because we're serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're serving Moshe Rabbeinu. Me'idach ha-shlichas ha-shniya is a-kul ha-shlichas kodesh Afilu shmam shal ha-neshlach em'eno nizkar. Ke'enem chashubim la'atzbon klal ve'ikar. It's only that Yeshua Benun sent them, they made themselves like a klicharis. So that one word gives us a whole new insight into the entire story of what happened in the Haftorah, say for Yeshua, as compared to the Torah, uh, Moshe's sending and Yehoshua's sending. Again, Yeshua ben Nun knew. Yeshua ben Nun was there. He knew exactly what had to be fixed the second time. And again, if you remember the Malbim at the beginning of Yeshua, he discusses the other differences, right, including the number of uh, ones that were sent um, and other differences. Okay, so the Maraglam come and they bring back the report, but what do they find there? So, they come, as Rashi explains, they come to the south, the, the northeast border, they go all the way to the west, then they go up the Yam to the Mediterranean, up to Har Har, and then make a left, they go all, uh, make a right, and they go all the way around. They come to Nachal Eshkol. They cut a vine. They cut a vine, and that's what they're going to bring back. What's Nachal um, Eshkol? Right? Rashi um, discusses what's the Zamora. Sochas Gefen Eshkol Shalanovim Taliba, and they carry it. So we mentioned this from, thought from the Vilna Gon a couple of years ago. But now we're going to see it. It's still within Shana Rishona, Rav Chaim Kanievsky in the time of the Krah. At the end he says, I saw this in the, similar in the Krah. That's what he says afterwards, but, but we'll see it. The, just the Hara is fascinating. And that is, it says the word Eshkol here a number of times. They come to Nachal Eshkol, and to that place they call Nachal Eshkol, based on the fact that they cut the Eshkol. So it sounds like they came to Nachal Eshkol, and then it says they called the Nachal So was it called Nachal Eshkol when they got there? It says they came to Nachal Eshkol, and then they cut the Eshkol. They cut the you know, group of grapes, the cluster, and then from that place they called it. So it's a little difficult to read. Like it's just saying they came to a, it should be they came to a place. Also, the first time Eshkol appears, it's without a vav. It's chaser. And all the other times is Mali. Every letter was dictated to Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? Word for word, letter for letter, So every letter that we have, that's what we know, that if a Torah is, is missing a letter as an extra letter, even if it doesn't change the meaning of the word, a Torah is possible. And therefore you have to fix it. Because there's so much depth to every single letter Right, that's one of not, not our topic now, but that was, we've discussed this in the past, that was one of the tragedies um, of the Septuagint. 
the Gemara, the first parak of Megillah, says when the, the Torah was translated to Greek, that was one of the terror, one of the tragedy is one of the three reasons we fast on Asar Bateves. Right? Ezra Sofer died, and the siege, and the Septuagint. What was so bad? What was so bad? Translating the Torah into, into Greek from Talmud Amelach. So the answer is because Torah, there's no translation. You can't translate. There is so much depth to every word and every letter, so many layers of, of, um, of meaning that's put into it by the divine. Right? But we have, to, uh, we have to recognize that. We have to recognize it. It's a unique book. Remember, just, I might have told this story before. Remember when I was in college in an English comp class, I had a, um, you know, I had to you know, analyze poems and sonnets and all these. And um, so the first, first uh, assignment I got, and I, don't know, I, I gave it in. I analyzed it a little bit. I gave it in. I didn't, I didn't do so well. They got a C. I don't know. I didn't get too many Cs at that point. And I asked the teacher, what do you want? What are you looking for? So she said, aren't you in Talmud, Talmud class? So, you know, analyze it like you would a, a piece of Talmud. I said, really? She said, yeah. So I gave it in the next time with all the lumdis and the all totally made up. You know, that the author had no kavana for all of these intentions. But if you see words there, you can be medayi, you can use this letter and that word. She loved it and it was, I did fine. But I don't, I don't think it was true, but... There's only one book that we have that is so many multi-layered, and that's the only book that we have not written by a human being. Kodesh Baruch Hu put so many layers in. So here, one letter difference to notice. So Eshkol is spelled without Avav, and all the other ones have Avav. Why is that? So says Rebchaim Kanievsky in source number two. B'kulang Ksiv Eshkol, Malei, Chutz Menarishon, Tachsiv Chaser, V'yesh Lofarish, Tanach Kara Nikra, Kvar Nikra. It was always called Nachal Eshkol. Avram Avinu had a friend named Eshkol. Remember? Eshkol, Oner, and Mamre. So Avram Avinu had already had a friend called Eshkol. That's why it first says they came to Nachal Eshkol before it says they're going to call it Nachal Eshkol. It was already called Nachal Eshkol. They already named the street after him. Ella. But when they first came there, it says Chaser. Why? Because at that point, there was only one reason. Right, chaser symbolizes one, and if it has an extra vav, it symbolizes mali, full, it has a second reason. When they first came, at that point in history, there was only one reason, it was called Eshkol. And his name was Eshkol without a vav. But after they cut the vineyard, they cut the uh, cluster, Karu Eshkol Mali, Al Shema Eshkol, Kia Eshkol, and Avim Nechta Mali. So originally it was called Eshkol. Again, it could be one and two, singular and plural, but or, he, or he's saying that it was called Eshkol because his name, that's how it was spelled. And the second time, because of this. V'chein reish parashas dvarim. You look at the beginning of dvarim, ksiv. V'yavoa nachal Eshkol. Again. V'yiraglosa in dvarim, when they tell the story over of parashas shlach, ksiv chaser. Kisha'olo adayin nekre Eshkol chaser. But in parashas matos, when they eventually came there, when they saw it, so then they already was at that state. And he says, I also saw this in the Divrielio of the of the Gra. Okay. The next thought is, is just a, a a little ha'ara, but again, we mentioned this back in Shabbos Hagadol, um, and that is there's a Mishnah in Masechas Bikurim. There's a Mishnah in Bikurim. Many are familiar with this Mishnah. 
right? It's talking about the Bikurim parade. Right? When Bikurim were brought, there was an amazing pomp and circumstance on the way. Again, this is the Parshas Kisavo topic. Um, everybody brought the Bikurim, and the farmers had to stop, and they had to give a shkayach, and they all stood up, and they said, amazing, welcome, welcome, and they brought it to the base of Mingdash, all this pomp and circumstance. So the Mishnah describes, before that whole parade, before that whole parade, so what happens? How do you, how do you mafresh Bikurim? Right? This is the only one of the mitzvot satzchuyos barats, the only one that is um, separated and designated before something grows. Right? This is the only one. All the others, trumas and maestras and everything else is after something grows, so then uh, we, uh, we uh, separate and give some, some portion. Bikurim is before anything grows. So what does it say in the Mishnah? In source number three. A person goes down to his field. He's waiting. He's waiting to see what's going to blossom first. Remember, it's only from the Shiva Saminim. Right? Which fig? Which pomegranate? Which one's going to blossom first? He sees a little fig. Right? A grape. A pomegranate. A little, the first blossom. He ties a little ribbon on it and says, this is going to be Bikur. Great. That's the Mishnah. But if you read it closely, and if somebody's a Balkori, they'll recognize that the three examples that are given in the Mishnah, in Bikurim, figs, grapes, and pomegranates, right, dates are not there. Just as a, an example, there are seven minim, but dates are not there. So what are there? Te'ena, Eshkel, and Rimonim. Those are the exact same three that are in our Pasuk that we just read. Those three, right? I gave it to you just to see. Again, I didn't notice it until preparing for that year. Rabbi Nachum Zemba comments. Zemba, the great um, leader in Europe who was killed. Uh, during the Shoah, source number four, quoting from his Chidushim that they put together. Isa B'Shem Ha'arizal. The Arizal quotes, Bikurim is a tikkun for Chetamaraglim. The mitzvah Bikurim, designating and bringing of the first fruits to the Beis HaMegdash, who tikkun Chetamaraglim. After all, why? If you think about it, it makes sense. Dehari HaMaraglim hotzio dibas ha'aretz. The Miraglim were about Eretz Yisrael is terrible. Eretz Yisrael we should reject. It was, it's, we don't want to have a piece of it. And what's Bikurim? Bikurim is, is Hodan Akaras Atov for Eretz Yisrael. Thank you for bringing me to this Havas Bikurim, this Mikra Bikurim. He got the Ayom. I'm here. So it's an exact, exact uh, parallel to the two. Umitzvah Bikurim Nitna Mishem Chiba Saaretz. Vahosef Alzeh. Right, and that's the allusion. The same as Chazal, when they quote the examples for Bikurim, they take these three. I'll just add one other point. And that is, we know the Ramah quotes a minhag of eating eggs. At Lela Seder. Why? Because an egg is a food of mourners. And the night of the Seder is always the same night of the week as Tisha B'Av that year. Right? We just had Pesach on Friday night. And Tisha B'Av is going to be Friday night this summer. Right? It's the same night of the year. So 
even though we're on top of the world, we went free, we became free, and we're celebrating, but we remember we still don't have a carbon Pesach, and we didn't act to remember to connect it to Tishavav. But I think this Rabbi Nachem Zemba adds another layer. Because the night the Miraglim came back, right, was Tishavav. That's the Bechil And what's the centerpiece? One of the centerpieces of the Haggadah. One of the famous questions on the Haggadah. Which psukim do we darshan? We don't darshan psukim from Shmos, which would be the most obvious. Pick a couple of psukim from Shmos. What do we darshan? We darshan the, the very short summary of Yetzirah Mitzrayim, which appears in Mikra Bikurim. So you might say, well, it's just on a practical level. It's nice and short. And you pick the midrashim from on those psukim, and that's it. It's got to be something more. So everybody talks about because bikurim is akarasatov, and that's what the night is all about. So it's appropriate. But this is this makes it even deeper, because the bikurim is a ticket for the miraglim, and they came back tonight. The miraglim came back the night of the seder, and that's why we focus on mikri bikurim in the, in the night of the seder. And it starts starts right here. It starts with the mishnah in bikurim being parallel to the psukim in our parsha. So that is something that is um, very special. Okay, let's continue moving right along. So Khalif steps up. Khalif steps up and tries to um, stem the tide. They come back and they say, They're strong. Kalev silences the Am El Moshe. Vayomer Alo Nala Virashno, so we could do it. We could do it. Much has been said about every pus, every word in this Pasik. Let's quote the Rashi again. Vayas Kalev. Kalev silences them. What does Rashi say? Hishtikes Kulam. He made them quiet. How did he make them quiet? El Moshe. Lishmoa Maishi Dabar Moshe. Savach Vayomer. He started screaming. Vachizu Bilvada Salonu Ben Amram. Is this all that Ben Amram did? Right, everybody thought that he was going to say something negative about Moshe. Maybe he had a certain tone. But when we talk Moshe, because they were choshesh for Moshe, they all are quiet to hear his ganus. Amar says, "Kol, are you listening?" Yes. Mon slav yam. That good enough for you? So that's the, that's the Rashi. Two questions on the Rashi. First of all, a question that we have mentioned before. Why does he call him Ben Amram? Why doesn't he call him Moshe? Is this all that Ben Amram did for us? So we've quoted in the past, maybe he didn't want to say his name, and that itself led them to think that he was going to say something negative. That's one idea. We're not going down that path tonight. Number one, why does he call him Ben Amram? Number two, what are the examples that he picks Right? You know what Moshe did for us? The Yam, the Slav, the Mun. What about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? Wasn't that the first? Wasn't that the most major? He took us out of Mitzrayim? That's not on the list. Ask the Nachla Svi. We mentioned him before. Shalom Svi Gross. Says the Nachla Svi in source number five. He quotes this Rashi and he asks these two questions. Royla Simlev. Right? Why doesn't it say that he took us out of Mitzrayim? That was the first. 
You know what Moshe did for us? He took us out of Mitzrayim. That should have been the first on the list. The Yoser Kasha. Ki Bishas Isa Gamkein. If you look in the Gemara, it's there, says the Nachasvi. Pohotzianami Mitzrayim. Imkein Tigdal Kushi Rashi. Rashi Dafka left it out. Right? This is, this is, there have been hundreds of Svarim written on Rashi. Right? Rashi just quotes Midrashim. He quotes parts of Midrashim. He quotes parts of Gemaras. He'll put these two together. Rashi left this out. Madu Hishbidzos Asher Omar. Number one. And question number two, which is the start of the answer. Why does he call it Ben Amram? Yesh Lomar says the Nachlas Tzvi. Mipnei Shahayarotel Yachsov Alomar. Kama Gedola Zechuso. They want, he, Kalev wanted to talk about the uniqueness of the Zechuyos of Moshe Rabbeinu. You know what, how awesome this Moshe Rabbeinu is? First of all, he's saying, this man has tremendous zechuyos. He's a tzaddik ben tzaddik. Amram was the god of Ador. He was a tzaddik ben tzaddik, as we know, back from Sefer Bracious. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right? Talks to Moshe, tzaddik ben tzaddik, tzaddik v'tovlo, by Yitzchak Avinu, Yitzchak and Rivka were davening. What does it say that Hashem listened to? Yitzchak's tefillahs, over Rivka's. Why? Because Yitzchak was a tzaddik ben tzaddik and Rivka was a tzaddik ben Russia. So in a certain sense, Yitzchak's tefillahs were more powerful. So that's what he was emphasizing with the name. You know how many zechuyos Moshe Rabbeinu is a tzaddik ben tzaddik? tzaddik ben tzaddik, tzaddik ben Russia. V'kana yakali v'rotzel lachshov v'lomar and then he adds, you know why Yitzhak Mitzrayim is left out? The mun, the slav. Everything in the desert, one could say, it was B'schus Moshe Rabbein. Why'd they leave Mitzrayim? B'schus Moshe? No. B'schus Avram Yislav and Yaakov. Right, the promise to leave Mitzrayim was before Moshe was born. They didn't leave Mitzrayim B'schus Moshe. So that is not on the list. Rashi takes that out because what Kaliv is doing here is talking about the Gavus of Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's why he's a Tzadik ben Tzadik. That's why he emphasizes ben Amram. And that's why he mentions those three and leaves out the fourth. The Adua, Kinesha Kriyas Yamsuf Nazeb Shal Moshe. And the Slav or Bishus Moshe. Mashenkin, Benesia, Sias Mitzrayim, Loy Bishus Shal Moshe. So that answers both questions. Is this the only thing that Ben Amram did for us? So we recognize the uniqueness of Moshe Rabbeinu and everything that he gave to, to Klai Yisrael. Okay. Moving right along. There's a medrash that's quoted in the Balaturim. I didn't give it to you in the Balaturim itself, but it's in the Balaturim. Rabbi Lamb quotes it in source number six. But let's just look at the medrash first. The Balaturim writes on the Pusik at the end of the parak. So they they brought Dibazra, We saw the giants there. We're like grasshoppers. Right? We are like grasshoppers in our eyes. Interesting lasha. 
We are grasshoppers in our eyes, and we are also grasshoppers in their eyes. That's the Pasik. Rashi, Shamanu Omrim Nimalim Yesh Bakramim Ka'anashim. There's some ants down there. They look like men. What's that Lashon of we were like grasshoppers and we were also in their eyes? If you look in the Balaturah, and I'll turn quotes of Medrash, that one of the giants ate a Rimon, one of those giant pomegranates. He dropped the peel on the floor and all the Maraglim went into the peel for shade. That's the Medrash in the Balaturim on this Pasuk. Rabbi Lamb, in his genius, builds a drasha based on that Medrash. What's the message of that? Of the Miraglim going into the large peel of the eaten pomegranate. Says Rabbi Lamb in Drasha Lodoros, there's an old proverb in the finest and juiciest vernacular, which expresses a great and unfortunate truth. As the Gentile goes, so goes the Jew. What does that mean? This point in abiding comment on the Jew in exile is amply attested to by our history. Lamaisa, what does Rabbi Lamb develop? The idea that so often in life, so many of us, so many of our brethren, we're always looking to be like them. We're always looking to measure up to them, to try to be able to rub shoulders with them. Even if it means being connected to their rubbish, to their peels, that it's worth it for us to be connected because we don't look at ourselves with the proper Jewish pride, Jewish respect, and, and recognizing who we are and what we have. And that was the Miraglim's problem, says Rabbi Lamb. Turning over the page, he goes, he discusses, right, he says, Disconcerted, discouraged, and disheartened, they submitted a gloomy and pessimistic report. The following is an amazing sentence. Now, pessimism is a highly contagious disease, and soon they infected most of the fellow Jews. Wow. The results were tragic, and the wrath of God was incurred. Then he quotes the Balaturim. What's the message? They're willing to accept it, the peel, even after it has been emptied of its life-giving pulp and after it has been discarded. As the Gentile goes, so goes the Jew, v'chulu. Because they didn't think of themselves as, as people of stat, at that, according to this shot, compared to who they, they were looking at. Who are we? We want to be like them. Right? There's a special Obviously, if that's a warning, that means we, want to, we often want to be like them. We're influenced by the culture around us. We always have to know what to take in and what to leave out. Certainly, for if a man thinks of himself as no more than an insignificant insect, it is the inviolable law of nature that his fellow thinks of him as no more than being a mere grasshopper. Right? If a man is willing to cringe in the pomegranate shells thrown to him, then thrown to him they will indeed be. And we can't accept the shells of strange ideologies dancing to someone else's tune, the chulu. We have to make sure that the values that we have are because there are values. And we're not trying to measure up to other people's values, even if they're values that sometimes connects to Torah. He speaks about, in the next paragraph, about nationalism. He tells a story 
Uh, I don't remember what year this, was, this uh, drasha was given, uh, the 1950s, 1960s. That's when all the drashas and the sefer were given. He talks about a story that there was a, uh, the mayor of Haifa came to, uh, came to, uh, to visit one of the cities in, in New York. And it says that the, the bus drivers demanded of the, of, of the mayor that they be granted one day off. They wanted the off on Shabbos because certain cities, Rahman al-Islan, um, in Eretz Yisrael, right, buses are, are not off on Shabbos. The mayor of Haifa agreed they deserve a day off on Shabbos, but not Shabbos, a day off that, during the week. But take Sunday. What do you need Shabbos for? Here's a man who has done his utmost to keep the streets of his city clean and the avenues of his soul muddy. And leaving aside the fact that the voices raised in protest were few and far between, Bechulu, who are we trying to be like? Says Rabbi Lamb, it's not the job of a Jew to jump into the peels that were discarded by those who have values different than us. We have enough to be proud of. We have enough to focus on from within. And we have to make sure that we, we stand tall in who we are and have our Jewish pride and self-respect and in that way bring nachas to us and bring nachas to HaKadosh Baruch. Okay. And then we have the actual reaction of the Eidah. They cried. They cried. They cried that night. As Chazal tell us, they cried a Bechiyah L'Shah and HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave them a Bechiyah Says the Mishnah Sachir, says Rav Taichtel. There's any parsha to quote the Mishnah Sachir, right? The author of the Eimah Badim Smecha. It's this week's parsha. Obviously, someone who did so much, who felt so strongly for Eretz Yisrael. So, from his Sefer and Chumash, we're going to quote it. Says the Mishnah Sachir, Mahaya Sofam Shalom Araglim, Shagarmu Aydeze Bechiyaladoros, V'chein Eima Odo Sifu Bechiyah Bechiyah. Right? They added on cry on cry. Vigano Lamashi Vigano Ayom. Right? It all led to the state of Gullus that we're in today. Right? If we wouldn't have had the Miraglim, we would have gone straight into Eretz Yisrael and Moshe Rabbeinu would have built the, uh, the base of the base of Migdash and it would be forever. None of all Jewish history would have been different. The Miraglim, this, this story is the root of everything. It's all because we rejected this land. It's all because we had an ayin ra'ah looking at Eretz Yisrael. And I might add, there are those that today look at Eretz Yisrael and see certain issues. How much Torah was being learned in Eretz Yisrael at that time? How many yeshivas were there? How many millions and millions of shkalim were being given by the government for people to learn Torah? How many at that time? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu expected the Jews of that time, to see the beauty of the land of Israel. Based on what? Not based on Torah, not based on neighborhoods, not based on anything. But based on the fact that it's the chosen land that Hashem chose. That's it. That's all there was then. There weren't ethical people that we were supposed to learn from. So we were always Be'eretz Chemda. I am B'Sefer Svasemes, Maram Chagiz, Shekasav. He quotes He speaks about those who speak negatively about those who live in Israel. And he quotes this from the Maram Chagiz. And he goes those who spoke about 
my lands will not go into the land, Kain Ladoras Abam, so too for future generations. Call me Shiyotzi Shemra Allah Aretz, Yoke Begufo. Anyone who speaks negatively will will be rejected. Will be rejected. The land is not interested in those who reject it. And therefore he says, and he continues, an amazing line. Quotes from the Sefer HaKadosh Chesed Lavram. Kol Adar Be'eret Yisrael Nikrat Tzadik. Gam She'eno Tzadik V'Anirleinayim. You see somebody who lives in Eretz Yisrael, they may not look like a Tzadik. Yaakov Avinu looks at Esav and doesn't think he's such a Tzadik on the outside. You know what? He's scared of him. Why? Because he lives in Eretz Yisrael. Ki mi shalo Tzadik Maki. Right? If a person wasn't a tzaddik, the, the land would be spit the mare. Vataki ha'aretz es yoshveha. V'kivach aretz eno makiyom behechrechu nikrat tzaddik. And therefore, it's nobody's allowance or rishus to judge anyone who lives in the land of Israel in a negative way. We can't judge any Jew in a negative way. But surely, says the Mishnah Sacher, quoting from the Svarim, on the left side, Even if you see a group of people that you think are doing the wrong thing, they're living in Eretz Yisrael, no right to say anything negative. Find something good. Find something good. One has to be very careful. I heard a story where Yaakov Kamenetsky, Yaakov Kamenetsky never used to ask people when they came back from Eretz Yisrael how their trip was because he knew it wasn't going to be perfect. They didn't want to hear anything negative. So he just didn't ask. If they wanted to tell me something, I'm sure it would be something positive. They're not going to tell me. So Yaakov just never asked his Talmidim when they came back because he didn't want to hear anything, anything negative. Okay. So we get towards the end of the Parsha, and we have the Parsha of Sitzis. We have Nisachim and, and Chala. Years ago, we spoke about an amazing Rav Zevin in Latarav Lamoadim on Nisachim and Chala. Feel free to review that. It might be in the Sefer. Um, but towards the end of the Parsha, of course, we have the Parsha of Sitzis. Parsha of Tzitzis. And in Tzitzis, we have, as we know, the mitzvah to betcheles on our Tzitzis. And through seeing that, we remember all the mitzvahs of Hashem. Or Isam Oso is a chayim, it's called mitzvahs of Hashem, but Asisam Osam. Right? See it, and you'll remember all the mitzvahs of Hashem. And Chazal already are bothered in Meseches Menachas. How does blue and white, how does that bring us to remember all the mitzvahs and connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? So the Gemara talks about Right, the, um, the Gemara says that if we look in the, at the blue, it will remind us of the sea, remind us of the sun, the sky, remind us of the Kisiyakav. That's in the Gemara. But if you look in the Yalka, the Klayakar quotes the Yalka on line three. Amar le'akadosh baruch Moshe. Amar le'hem le'yisrael is ta'aklu b'ashamayim she'barasi l'sham shechem. Hashem says to Moshe, look in the sky that I created to serve you. Shem ashinu midasa Moshe ma'allah gal galchamim and amayrev. Did the sun ever come up on the wrong side of the sky? Did the sun ever not come up without my asking it? The sun is the simcha. Not only has it not changed, it loves what it's doing. Also the yam. Right? I, the, I, put a, I put a border, the sand, next to the yam. Did the, did the water ever cover up all the earth? No. It wants to. It's trying to. Every time there's a wave, that's what we think about. It's trying to, but it doesn't. It's mitzvah, it's in pain, but it prevents itself and does it. Says the Klayaka, what does this Medrash tell us, the Yalkut? The sun, which is in the sky, symbolizing all of the celestial beings, and the Yam. 
there's a difference between, we're supposed to see them and be, in, be inspired. The sun is Lashen Simcha. It's done with Simcha, with happiness. The Yam is Mitzar. It must be doing it with Yira. It's an awe of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Then he quotes the Gemara Menachas Dab Mem Gimel that we mentioned before. Bevade Pirshu Shetzvam Elu Bedome Ladome Ain Tchelos Dome Lerakia Kolecha Note Bitzivol Dome Lo. It's similar. They're not exactly the same, but if you have on the right glasses, then the, this blue will remind me of the sea, will remind me of the sun or the sky and the sun in there, up to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Says the Klayakar, it's these two elements. It's the sea and the sky and the sun that brings Yira and then Ta'ahava. The sea is the Yira going up to the sky, which then leads to the Ahava. So it's not just the colors. Think about the Yam. The the Yam doesn't go past. And then, as we know, the sun. It goes from the sea to the sun, and he continues. The sea is not the Sofa Shlemus. Right? And therefore the Yam is domed to the Rakia, because we'll think about the Rakia, which has the sun in it, and will serve Me'ava. And that's the two, when we serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu through Yira and through Ahava. And he continues, the Schar, relating it to certain Sukkim, we don't have time to go into that now, but it's not just colors. It's about thinking about these natural phenomenon and recognizing that the Kodesh Baruch Hu has created a, an amazing system. Remember the Rambam. The Rambam, the Torah says that the sun and the moon and the stars, they have das. We don't understand that das. What does it mean that they have das? But the Rambam says, and he explains, well, just like a dog can't understand, I'll say it this way, a flower can't understand what does it mean to be a dog, to be alive like a dog. Right? A flower doesn't have that ability. A dog can't understand what it means to be a human being. A dog has some level of das, but it has, can't be masig, you know, the level of das of a human being. You know, it could be that a human being can't be masig, you know, the type of das that uh, another Gdoli Adar have. Okay, but they're in the same... But, okay, a human being can't fathom the level of das that the sun has. Different type of das. Doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Right? We can't fathom it. So everything, but they haven't changed, and they act through Yira, and then they act through Ahava, and that is exactly what we, what we focus on in the mitzvah. So just to finish up, and again, my herb is a little later, so that's why we, uh, it's a little, a little shorter. Let's just squeeze in one more thought on the last pasuk in the parsha, which we say twice a day. So. Right? This is uh, one of the trivia questions. A pasig in the Torah, which starts and ends with the three, same three words. Ani Hashem Elokeichem. Ani Hashem Elokeichem. I am Hashem that took you out of Mitzrayim. Ani Hashem Elokeichem. Says Reb Levi Yisrael Mibradichiv in the Kedushas Levi, in source number eight. Haklal. And we can think about this every time we say Shema. Kitsa Adam Tzarech Tamid Lahalos Al Machshavaso. We always have to have on our mind. Shekol Diburav Umachshavoso Vitznu Osav. Everything we do. Has an effect in Shemayim. Meaning, I, I have a direct connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem cares about every single thing I do. The little old me, the simple Jew me, everything I do has, 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 makes, has an effect. The Nefesh Chaim also talks about this. Every thought, every movement, every word has to be thought about. 
Everything. We always have to think about this. Everything we do has importance, has significance. To think about this. And that's what he says. I think what he's saying is, I'm involved in, in the major things in the world. But you know what? I am also Hashem, your God. I am your personal connection. The personal connection that we have. I'm not just the God that took you out of Egypt. I'm the God that's with you every day and, and cares about every single thing that you think about. And every word that is said, the tremendous Roshem that it has. So that's something that we can think about every time we say Shema. Amazing, Godless Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Ani Hashem Alokechem, but He's also with me. He's also with me on a personal level. And Hashem okay, and then we we add on MS, and that's all true. That's all true. So let us appreciate the connection that we have. Let us appreciate the gift of Eretz Yisrael, the gift that anyone who wants to live or to even visit Eretz Yisrael today um, has the opportunity. And we daven for the day that all Jews are in Eretz Yisrael, Bigula Shlema, as we know, the message of Bikurim, Tikkun for the Chetam Raglim. We should all be Zochet to bring Bikurim to the Beis Hamikdash, the Mayor of Yemen.